Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Spiritful Wanderings. And we're here with Rochelle. Hi. And our guest today is Tyson Bartell, and we are exploring awareness. Tyson, do you want to tell us a little bit about your work with awareness? I would. <laughs> I'm just needing to check in first to see how aware I am. <laughs> He's checking in with his body. Yeah. He's settling into his body, taking deep breaths. <sighs> He's arriving. He's Wiggle in those shoulders. I'm gonna. Jo- we're gonna join him. Mm, welcome, mm. welcome your body to the space. Hello, uh, everyone. Landing in awareness. Landing in awareness. Mm. Lots of uh, good eye contact happening too. Ah, mm. yes, something that our listeners will not be aware of. Right. <laughs> Except Although we just now, made them aware. Yes, now they're envisioning, <laughs> visualizing, imagining eye contact happening. Uh huh. So awareness. Hmm. Tyson does something called <sighs> Feldenkrais. Hey, and you teach awareness through movement mm-hmm. and yoga. So lots of awareness practices through the body. Yes. Yeah, this is why we were inspired to explore this with him. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue, perhaps. Um, awareness. And how did I get interested in awareness? Mm. Hmm. Well, without necessarily knowing at the time, I was aware that something didn't feel right. I had a lot of back pain. <laughs> Talk about a rude... Awakening, (laughs) when your main awareness is feeling uncomfortable in your body. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my journey to awareness led me to the yoga tradition and to meditative practices, particularly in the teachings of the Buddha. And mindfulness and so perhaps it would be good to actually cultivate a little awareness together Mm. what would you say Mm -hmm. yeah all right so i'm going to invite everyone listening to come into the sensations of the body let's take a few moments right now And if you'd like to close your eyes, you may. Or this awareness practice can be done with eyes open. And bringing your attention into the sensations of your body. How do you know that you have a body? You can sense your body. What are you sensing? when you bring attention to your body. Where does your attention go? Do you notice your feet? Do you notice your legs and hips? How about your posture? 
Do you have a felt sense of the positioning of your body in space? What about your breathing? Is breath happening? And how? And were you aware of the pause in the speaking and perhaps in your breathing? When you finish breathing in, do you breathe out right away or is there a pause? At the end of the exhale, what happens next? Does the next breath come right in or is there a moment? And what is a moment? In this moment, what do you notice? And through this whole short mindfulness experience, where was awareness? And with that, I'm curious to hear from Courtney, mm. Rochelle. What did this catalyze or captivate in your awareness? I was, um, I always noticed that the invitation to collectively tune in and drop mm -hmm. in together mm. makes everything in me just like, ah, oh, mm. I really love it. It makes everything really relax when I feel all of us tuning in in a deeper way and bringing our awareness like in and down, it kind of felt like. Mm -hmm. and we could, it felt like I could feel each of you more. Mm-hmm. And then I really loved that question of where is your awareness? Because I could feel a few layers, like there were a few thoughts happening in the front of my head, hmm. but I was aware of them. <laughs> and then there was an awareness of um, both the sensations in my body and the bigger context of what's happening here. And it was neat to notice a few levels of awareness happening at once, hmm. like detailed hmm. and then like big picture. Hmm. Yeah. And I could kind of move between them, but also hold them all at once. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Boy, that's rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we could put a pin in some of that. And uh -huh. I, um, I was painting. I was like, it's like she's painting a painting. Describing. <laughs> I just, I mean, there's nothing more interesting to me than hearing about someone else's awareness experience. <laughs> I mean, that just uh -huh. sounds, I'm so interested in that. Uh huh. Yeah. So this is a good topic then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I really like how Courtney described that she has many awarenesses happening at once like she's feeling us in the room she's feeling what's happening in her body mm -hmm. and then a greater awareness mm -hmm. um i really appreciate that because it opens opportunity for those of us perhaps like myself that have more limited awareness mm. at the times <laughs> because mm. for me that experience um, and perhaps this is from the Vipassana training that I did. I'm just so in my body. Like mm. when you're guiding, mm. I'm feeling every sensation mm -hmm. in my body. And I'm just sort of bouncing around from the sensations in my body. I mean, I can hear your voice, so I'm aware of your voice. Mm -hmm. But I maybe it's also a personality. I'm very internal, so I can really go deep into my body. 
Mm-hmm. And I love the subtleties of the things in my body because I notice just tiny little muscle things where I, I get indications and I know it's like related to early childhood trauma, like things like, um, it's almost like some parts of my bodies are on the edge of a panic attack. Sometimes I can feel them, mm-hmm. you know, riding that edge in the silence, like, oh, something could suddenly happen. Like someone's going to suddenly pull you out the mm-hmm. forceps or someone's going to just not be there. Mm-hmm. It's like I can feel that in my body and then mm-hmm. I'm just having other layers of awareness where I'm connecting to that and saying, hey, you know, I'm here, you're safe, and I'm mm-hmm. talking to that. So it's like, to me, it's just this ongoing awareness of all those, the myriad of sensations and what they're informing me of mm-hmm. in my body and and then basically offering them another experience mm-hmm. repeatedly mm-hmm. so that they can come into a place of feeling secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it felt it felt feels like you're describing awareness like a portal to healing. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it feels like it, your awareness of it is what allowed you to meet it different. Yeah, because I think of having so many years of my life not tuning into those sensations that now they're being heard. There's just so many of them that are going, me, 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 mm-hmm. pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I can hold all of it. I can uh-huh. hold all of it. <laughs> and practicing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just always a practice. Mm-hmm. And a pacing. Yeah, yeah, taking it slow. Hey, we put so much pressure on ourselves. <sighs> yeah. So perhaps in this moment, we could explore the pause. Mm. Such rich um, dialogue happening here that I notice I can get a little excited about the richness. (laughs) (laughs) What happens inside of you when you get excited? Mm. There's like a bubbling and a, a vibrating... And in a way, there's almost like the the solid body starts to kind of open up. In a way, I'm learning isn't necessarily grounded. Mm. So um, something I'm learning about, which awareness plays a key, is this thing we call containment. Mm. And like our consciousness actually having boundaries to... Um, relate with and Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk too much longer and get back to the dialoguing going back to Courtney and actually this is you too Rochelle it was so interesting hey that um, both of you had such unique experiences of that facilitated practice Mm -hmm. of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and 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 cultivating awareness of self Mm. and um, perhaps this will lead us into something and Courtney, I'd be interested to have you share a little this sort of sense of how we can go inwards and really have deep inner experience, like say Vipassana cultivates body awareness, focusing on self. But what I was hearing from you, Courtney, is that was happening, but then there was also an attunement with the larger environment. Mm-hmm. And What that brings to mind, and I know you're a highly trained somatic therapist, Mm -hmm. and you even have a master's degree in in these things that was only the beginning of your training, in fact. You keep 
growing from that. But you really understand um, this nervous system relationship between self-regulation and co-regulation. Mm. I just feel like that would be a great thing to bring in. Mm. in service to awareness yeah well it kind of makes me think about awareness thanks tyson Mm -hmm. um well the the first step to that i would want to say that's interesting about awareness is when you were talking about containment Mm. is when i think about my journey with awareness is i was always so aware i was almost like too aware i was aware Uh. of like everything all at once overwhelmed by how much I was aware of, you know, because there was no containment to my awareness. And um, it feels like what containment is, is it's like how to focus our awareness in ways that are supportive or ways that are helpful or useful. Mm-hmm. And when um, you speak about self-regulation and co-regulation, it's like when we're in a balanced state, there's this capacity to move our awareness between that self and and the outer world and to kind of move our awareness back and forth Mm -hmm. and then also to practice holding it at the same time Mm -hmm. so it's sort of this like what's going on inside of me what's going on outside of me Mm -hmm. and there's this constant um, movement of intentionality and when we're doing that we can be scanning for where is the most stable, supportive energy, Mm. you know? Mm. And and also taking in like, and oh, okay, I'm feeling really calm inside, but whoa, there's lots going on outside, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I'm freaking out inside, Mm. and things are calm outside. Mm -hmm. But it really makes me think about this practice, and I think somatic work is so much about this. It's about intentionally placing your awareness Mm. in a useful way. As opposed to before, I just used to be this huge ball of awareness, and it was like, wah! (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's this, like, practice of, like, how do I... And also a practice of how do I hold many things at once? And I know developmentally in our brain, there's actually a, a, a process where we form that, where we start off where we can only be aware of you know, certain things and then our, our capacity to be aware expands and we can hold many things at once, but in a, in an intentional way, mm-hmm. as opposed to just a passive way, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And somehow I feel it links to what you were sharing too, in mentioning like the sense that maybe some of this is early trauma imprinting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're still dealing with that in yourself, then Mm. you're not quite at the place where you can be with that Mm. and all those parts of you that are, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, and Mm. co-regulate with Courtney Mm -hmm. and (laughs) co-regulate with Tyson and Mm -hmm. Barry in the same Mm -hmm. room. Uh It's it's too far of a stretch yeah. mm-hmm. for my awareness mm-hmm. to yeah. go to those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's wisdom in that. That's mm-hmm. the thing, right? To be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that. This is where my awareness needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh huh. It's mm-hmm. such a good tool, awareness. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we're talking about awareness as the tool of how to um, make sure that we don't become overwhelmed. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the tool of how we ride the edge of our capacity if mm. that makes sense of energy mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, I also noticed there's a craving for me uh, to expand that awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like it's like a even though a lot of it's focused inside of my body, or you know, I notice it in the day. I'm aware on a fairly regular basis of what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling in my body. <clears throat> I also get annoyed and fed up with my awareness being there, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> saying, I'd like to be able to um, share that on a broader scale. So mm-hmm. perhaps there's moments that that's easier mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like Vipassana, there's training for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what you do in your workshops, Courtney, mm-hmm. is learning how to co-regulate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. notice, and notice. Because this is the thing that's so fascinating, is lots of, like, this is what the whole topic of awareness is, is we can be doing all these things unconsciously, right? Like um, co-regulating and these things are happening. But there's something about bringing awareness to them mm-hmm. that amplifies it and also allows healing in a way that if it's just running in the background and we're not bringing it into awareness it's like what is it it's like what you can't harness it it's kind of just running in the background um and also it feels like awareness is what allows us to sort of slow it down and like really take it in and brings choice in or something like that yeah mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. Mm. as opposed to just because um, I, I can watch that in workshops where someone's going through a process but if we don't bring awareness to it it doesn't shift them mm-hmm. in the same way mm-hmm. as even though they're going through the process without the awareness of it mm-hmm. it doesn't anchor in it doesn't mm-hmm. um, create the shift it's really fascinating yeah Mm-hmm. There's a similar thing I notice. I'm a body worker for mm-hmm. almost 30 years, and um, you can be receiving a massage and just thinking, sleeping, and it won't have the same um, integration effect as if you're actually aware of what's happening as you're being touched and moved. So there's a whole quality, and I think somatics is actually about that is awareness coming into the embodied state. Mm-hmm. Hey? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shivers. And one of the things <laughs> that um, I'm always fascinated about, and I'd love to hear from both of you about that, is just this place where I always marvel that sometimes like the only thing that's needed for healing is awareness. Mm-hmm. Like so often in people's energy fields, like my job is just to name things that have been unnamed or uh. to bring awareness to or word to an energy or something that just hasn't been seen. Mm-hmm. And um, that just that, can unravel all kinds of things and lead to so much healing. It's almost like it's the lack of awareness that allows something to, I don't know what, I'm going to say this word, fester. Mm. (laughs) Fester. Or remain in the shadows. Ah, remain Mm. in the shadows. Could awareness be likened to light? Mm. Mm. The spotlight of your awareness. I like that. Mm. Awareness is the light. It's got my shoulders wiggling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Awareness is the light. Mm. 
because it's sort of a neutral thing. Hey, awareness. It's not, it's not judging. It's not making meaning of it. It's just noticing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's Mm non-threatening. It's like, oh, there's that. Mm -hmm. And then you can be gentle on yourself upon Mm -hmm. noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It offers that, doesn't it? Yeah, it can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes awareness becomes more heightened for me when I'm upset mm-hmm. and I'm not being gentle with myself. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I'm really starting to beat myself up. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I better bring some awareness in here. Become well, aware no, the awareness is coming okay. in and I'm like, okay, time to scale down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Awareness mm-hmm. can help to de-escalate yeah. um, conflict even, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that mm. there would be a possibility for conflict if you were continuously in awareness? Because mm. isn't awareness, in my experience, is disarming. Ah. So, like, as soon as um, I'm feeling the start of a trigger in my body, if I'm in awareness when I feel it, it mm-hmm. disarms it immediately. Mm. Mm. Like it's like I'm like, oh, there's that, and it just sort of. It dismantles it to say I can, mm. or just shedding, the, putting the light on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious about: um, is it possible to be aware and be escalating, say, in a trigger in a conflict? As or is that just unawareness until the point mm-hmm. that you become aware? Mm-hmm. I know that I have had experiences where I'm like fully aware in something, and. I'm just watching this thing play out through me. Yeah. And I'm fully yeah. present in it. I'm like fully yeah. in it mm-hmm. and I'm watching it and I'm like fully aware. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this is like so automatic that I, there's nothing. But I do notice uh-huh. that having my awareness on it mm-hmm. eventually allows it to start to shift. Mm. Like, like that leads to like insight or mm. it, it leads to something. But mm-hmm. I have had experiences where. I'm kind of in shock at how, what is mm-hmm. that? The animal body, mm-hmm. even though I'm so aware, the animal body is just going for it. It's like, like a program is running <laughs> yeah. and there's a higher faculty mm-hmm. and you're just watching. watching. You're just yeah. watching. Yeah. So that you're yeah. both speaking to different yeah. experiences and I've had that exp- where I've awareness, had that right? too. I've had both those experiences both, yeah, where yeah. becoming more aware helps me get gentler mm-hmm. and becoming more aware allow something deeper uh-huh. maybe even more primal and uh-huh. unconscious to circulate yeah which is frightening sometimes if it's got you know a certain thing to it mm-hmm. and i think that can happen a lot in trauma therapy right where mm-hmm. the space is held enough for an awareness to hold something that before was repressed mm-hmm. would you say courtney in your clinical experience yeah, it like allows for these primal instincts that often we're like holding in mm-hmm. to emerge in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And when you think about like therapy, it's like two people's awarenesses mm-hmm. <laughs> holding it, or in a group like yeah, seven like ceremony. people's yeah, yeah awarenesses yeah. holding it. And yeah. so it really allows hmm, for that deeper movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and perhaps new patterning patterning mm-hmm. well because it's almost like i have watched that sometimes what i would wonder about some of these patterns is the more awarenesses you 
have holding something, mm. then it can shift a lot easier. But certain things need a lot of awareness. Yes. Like yes. a big container, I yes. guess. Yes. Hey. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this would be, uh, I'll see if I can keep this brief. Um, it's very personal, but I feel like more and more in our collective healing, we're recognizing the power of vulnerability. And that, like, speaking from our own life experience is actually really empowering and perhaps even supportive of others. Mm -hmm. So with that little preamble, I'm doing a lot of healing of my birth trauma. And what's starting to come through is that because it was so big and I was just this little newborn baby with this hardly formed nervous system that had this unbelievably intense thing happen, the way that it's starting to heal is often where there's a group of people that are being present and it's not even that anything particular has to be done but that if i can embody myself in that relational field mm -hmm. and have a group of people because what happened for me in the hospital setting is that everybody freaked out because there was a possibility i would die and so and people weren't able to regulate in that because of the fear of death mm -hmm. and all these other things and so that actually is another layer of the trauma in my nervous system. It could have been the same forceps delivery, the same circumstances, but if the doctors, the nurses were calm and even were at peace that maybe the baby dies, we don't know. Let's just do what we know how to do. Let's all breathe. Let's make eye contact. And that would have been a different experience for the little baby. Mm -hmm. Then everybody being like, oh my God, he might die. And oh, I'm really scared. And everybody's so Because when I go into that felt sense of the imprinting in my nervous system, there's a lot of, and you can't see this if you're listening, but I've got my hands and they're in front of me and they're shaking very quickly mm -hmm. because the, the whole field is like, you know, which already that's destabilizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So holding the space. Well, and it feels like what was missing in the field in that mm. is other people's capacity to be aware uh -huh. and to move slow enough that they're aware of what's emerging in them Yeah, and slowing down and yeah. being like, oh, I wonder how this is impacting the baby. And yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And then because even, and this is where modern medicine kind of believes that, oh, it's just a baby, so they won't remember it, right? Mm -hmm. They're too young to have memory. And it's true, a baby doesn't have cognitive memory, but a baby has a felt sense nervous system that is already being imprinted by experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is where like the, the ideal healthy birth is, you know, everybody's together singing and, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> we can have this beautiful la la la, mm. baby born, everybody's <laughs> smiling, new life, rah, rah, rah. You know, but then there's the real world thing. And yeah, the um, awareness of what's happening mm -hmm. as the space holder. Hmm? Um, Rochelle, we have something in common here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we definitely do. And I wanted and to too. ask you. And you too, yeah. yeah and Courtney. Yeah. And I want to ask you, Tyson, can you describe what the group uh, the whole group holding space for you 
and you being vulnerable in that group, how that's contributing to you developing a balanced nervous system and more awareness in healing? Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of holding in my body. And when there's that kind of space created for um, allowing the nervous system to discharge held patterns, then um, there's kind of a letting go that can happen into just the moment of whatever needs to move. And because there's so much inhibition in our modern world, you know, to just start spontaneously shaking or moaning or um, I notice I have a lot of inhibition around those kinds of socially non-sanctioned activities. And in that kind of space where you have this real trust that everybody's accepting whatever happens and being present for it, then there can be a, a just allowing and letting go which I think a lot of us end up holding so much because we were told it's not okay to mm -hmm. cry. You know, um, you're making too much noise. Don't they, the old parenting was the child is um, out of sight, out of mind, or what was there was a saying? Uh, be, be seen and not heard. Be seen and not heard, that's mm -hmm. the one. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got it mixed up. <laughs> yeah. I just want to loop back because um, I want to acknowledge that you also had... Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, the reason why I looked at Rochelle and said we have a lot in common is because um, I think we're both still working to resolve that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know... Still have layers. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of layers. Yeah. Just had a session last week. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You Where know, I was like, wait a minute. I've, I have a lot of rage inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to unravel. It's a lot to unravel. Lot to unravel. And unravel. I've known you a few years now, and I've had a chance to, you know, um, actually support you in your journey to yeah. an extent and watch the evolution of your embodiment mm -hmm. as this beautiful being of Courtney. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so there's been some really deep healing mm -hmm. that you've done and has actually been a major inspiration for me to to start to turn and, and lean into and look at things that frighten me deeply. Yeah, yeah. So looping this back to awareness, mm. it makes me think of um, the power of, I know, like with like birthing or groups, it's this power of the awareness of what's in the field, mm. it feels like. So when we think of in groups or during birth or... Um, there's two things that come to mind for me. One is is to go slow enough that we can be aware, mm -hmm. you know, so that there's not so much happening that we can't be aware of what's really happening, <laughs> you know? Because mm -hmm. um, when we think of something like birth or group work or something, there's so much moving, you know? So mm -hmm. it's almost like there needs to be enough space for the awareness. Mm -hmm. And then how awareness itself feels stabilizing, almost like the awareness and the witnessing brings in like a stabilizing in the field mm -hmm. like a holding almost like the awareness is holding the moment 
witnessing what's moving through. And then I envision the group offering it up to the gods (laughs) 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 to transmute. Yeah. Yeah, and when I think of these little babies, like each of us when we were babies, it's like was this experience of just having this experience but it not being held in aw- in in awareness you know like not being seen it's not yeah. being seen for mm-hmm. what's happening you know mm-hmm. and so there's this like thing happening that there isn't awareness of mm-hmm. yeah whoa that's how mm-hmm. important awareness is mm-hmm. yes yeah it's a powerful energy mm-hmm. and perhaps even a presence. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What? How do those two things relate? Awareness and presence. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think of when we're present. We're present in the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whereas I feel like we can put awareness on many different things. Hmm. But would we not? in the moment that we're putting awareness on things Hmm. I think it's the same thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Hmm. it makes me think of like if I'm aware of my past right so if I'm putting my awareness back in time Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking of right yeah and yet in the vantage point of now right Well, I wonder, because I think there's two ways. I feel like you could put awareness on the past and not be present. Okay. Or you could be present and aware of the past from the present. Mm. How would you differentiate those two? Mm, I notice in in therapy I have to do that with people. The Mm -hmm. difference between what's actually emerging in this moment Mm -hmm. and what is something that you're going back to find. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You were saying about um, still being able to have presence Mm -hmm. when you go back in that way. Mm -hmm. So would that be due to um, staying connected with your body? Yeah, it makes me think it's like, Mm -hmm. it's if, is it arising in this moment? Mm. Or is am I leaving this moment to go find it? Uh, wow. Does that make sense? It's like yeah, so. Well I'm said. I'm sitting here in this moment, and then the past emerges through me. Mm-hmm. Or am I going back to find it? Mm-hmm. I'm searching the past, not from a mo- not from this moment of awareness. Mm-hmm. That's what's so powerful about somatic therapy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's it's uh, that's the tool mm-hmm. for me at least. It's mm-hmm. um, I find the past in the present Uh and then it's expressed in the present Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah it's really powerful and in a way that heals the past Mm -hmm. brings it into awareness which still has influence hey yeah Yeah. Hmm. because it kind of feels like awareness Hmm. could go all over because awareness can go anywhere Hmm. we can be aware Hmm. I don't know the answer but that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I'm sensing Mm -hmm. I mean, the yoga tradition really flashed when you said that. Uh-huh. You know, these these yogis who apparently could go out of body and remotely view things, mm-hmm. and know what was happening on the other side of the world 
while sitting in a cave. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> is the past as well, or the future? Yeah, apparently, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. this is like prophecy too, right? Um, how would ancient cultures seem to know something was going to be happening at this time? With They must have had some kind of awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the kind of awareness that would be fun to cultivate wouldn't it uh-huh. yeah well you were in Peru almost a year ago here hey court uh-huh. and you've sure made some interesting discoveries about one of, yes. the awareness of that culture yeah one of my favorite yeah. stories about awareness um was um i got to go to this cool temple where there was this portal and when the Peruvian masters, like when they um, saw that the Spanish had arrived, they were like, oh, great. Well, we'll go introduce ourselves. And and then when they realized where the Spanish were at in themselves, they're like, oi, this mm. isn't going to go great. Mm. And so instead of, they just decided to leave. <laughs> <laughs> they just were like, well, we'll come back in a few hundred years. <laughs> it's going to get when a little rough for a it's while. Gonna get a little, <laughs> it's, but I thought that was interesting that instead of fighting... Mm. But this was the part about the awareness that I was really taking in was they had an awareness that they weren't just this, this. Uh. And so they were willing to leave, basically die, really, like mm. basically die and leave mm. through this portal, mm. knowing that they would come back mm. when it was time. And that's, mm. a, that's a pretty grand awareness beyond that moment. Mm. That was the thing I was taking in about that mm. culture the most was how, especially at that time, they really saw things from like in terms of like eras mm. like they looked at things from such a big vantage point mm-hmm. they weren't just looking at it from their lifetime right there's this huge view of the mm. unfolding of humanity hmm. which is a pretty big awareness to hold yeah and seems to be common in indigenous cultures right, hey? like right. here on our continent don't they have the seven generations um yeah concept I don't know if you would call it a concept. Um, but, but yeah, that we're always living for the next seven generations. Yeah, and mm. actually that there are seven generations behind us that have moved through to be what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a continuum mm-hmm. um, that's not an individual life, would you say? Kind of an awareness of a bigger picture. Of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. That isn't just self-oriented. Yeah. Now there's an interesting. Mm. Kind of feels like a co-regulation, self-regulation <laughs> paradigm again. Across generations. Yeah. Like the individual life, but then the uh, multi-generational. <laughs>